This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Learn more at slashandcast.net. There are legends around here. He died in my G fucking king of the zombies. Even if only in their own minds. <laughs> Forgotten, but not yet dead. I want to play a game. Some have tried to stop them, but they keep coming back. Don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. Coming to entertain you. They are the Crystal Lake Soldiers. Welcome back to the Crystal Lake Soldiers podcast. My name is Isaiah, joined tonight by Ted. How are you doing this weekend, sir? Uh, not bad. Uh, pretty good for the most part. It's great to have you back. Uh, we've missed you the last three weeks. Um, Why not? <laughs> I can't believe it's been that long. <laughs> I know. It's felt like forever, dude. <laughs> but that's all right. That's all right, because uh, Sean and Mark are both not here. <laughs> They heard I was coming. They're like, we can't measure it. <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> oh, good Lord. So uh, tonight we're continuing our Love for Comedies series that we're doing this month for the month of February. This week we're continuing on with The Naked Gun, which is also a great series um, in its own right. And it's it's kind of, you know, when you look at slapstick kind of parody comedies, Naked Gun is typically one of the first ones that pops into mind as well as like airplane. So it's definitely, you know, a comedy, comedy classic with the three movies. And it's, I, I'm, I'm excited to kind of talk about this tonight. Um, before we get into all that though, uh, what have you been up to this week? I just, um, other than just being busy with work, just watched a couple of movies. Uh, uh, this weekend I watched, um, Cthulhu mansion, uh, from vinegar syndrome released by vinegar syndrome, uh, different movie. Um, really enjoyed it for the most part. Um, it's about this magician and his daughter. They get held hostage by these criminals and are taken. They, they take the criminals to their mansion so the criminals can hide out because they're a drug deal that went kind of south because their leader's an idiot. He just mm. he killed the dealer right there, stole the cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> of course, they did this in the middle of an amusement park. So, and then one of one of the uh one of the criminals who's um the brother of the girl who's dating like the the head guy the the leader of the group he gets shot in the leg trying to steal a car because these criminals are idiots <laughs> they're the worst criminals ever anyway the house is basically haunted and he the poor magician has a horrible past that he you know it's a tragic tragedy that he's gone through and it, it was just a lot of people have said they thought the movie was boring and stuff like that. I didn't think it was boring at all. Mm-hmm. I I didn't enjoy it for what it was. It's not. I don't think it's the best out of the January releases from Vinegar Syndrome, but right. Uh, but it's still a good. I think is. I thought it was a decent watch, and I finally watched the Candy Snatchers, which was really good. Um, until the ending, I hated the ending. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. I mean, last last week, I mean, I watched a bunch of movies because I was just out of it um watch clifford la bounty josie which was really good mm-hmm. uh, with with sophie turner dylan mcdermott never even heard of this movie 
and I'm just browsing the store, and there it is. They got like two used copies on Blu-ray, and I was just like, "Yeah, why not?" And I'm glad I did. It's a nice drama, and um, Kurt Fuller's in it in a supporting role, which in Kurt Fuller's in Rain's World. Yep. Uh, so you have that. Um, also watched. Um, I just, I just watched a bunch of stuff. Three Fifteen, which was a great. High school gang movie. I enjoyed that with Deborah Foreman and uh, Adam Baldwin. Yep. Also has also has Ed Lauder from Death Wish Three. Also watched Death Wish Three because I bought Death Wish Three also from Ronan <laughs> Flicks. Um, they're they're new and I watched the the interview with the Giggler man. They actually got an interview with the actor who played the Giggler. It was great. Okay. It's short. It was only like eight minutes long, but it's still great. Just the something was there. <laughs> so I mean in a just uh you know watched um just just you know a bunch of movies like that and watched the Royal Rumble last week which was fun so can't forget about yeah. the Rumble <laughs> nope nope really liked it yearly tradition yep and i know we were talking about this beforehand but yeah the, this year's rumble actually felt like a better overall show than last year's obviously last oh, year's yeah. you had the live crowd and everything which helps but uh, honestly with kind of the stories going into it and everything this year's rumble actually felt like a good pay-per-view for once it was and it's it's been a while last year was garbage i hated last year's yeah freaking brock lesnar just tossing people like crackers i don't even have a good analogy it just sucked yeah (laughs) just sucked i hated last year's the women's was good last year as this year but the men sucked last year because of brock lesnar right it I mean, the ending of the men's was was great for last year, but yeah, I mean, overall, just because of the whole Brock Lesnar fiasco with him just tossing everybody that came out out will, right away. Yeah, I mean, it's just I, I will I will say I appreciate that they didn't go the the more um, what's the word I'm looking for? predictable route. <laughs> like, oh, mm-hmm. Randy Orton's gonna win because he hurt his leg and is in the back. And then he shows up when it's just Edge, and I'm yep. just like, oh, here we go. Randy Orton's going to win. But no, I mean, Edge won. I was like, holy crap, they actually went with Edge. <laughs> yeah, and it, it wasn't like a long, drawn-out thing when he came back out either. He, he like got right back in the ring, RKO'd him, and then he got thrown out right away. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it was like a total shock and surprise, which I, I like that they went that way versus trying to drag it out because WWE can really drag things out that oh, don't gosh, need to be dragged out. I mean... It, it was. I thought it was a great finish for the pay per view, and you know, I, and honestly, I, I would have loved to see somebody like Big E win, you know, um, yeah. or something like that. But honestly, with Edge coming back and that whole story, I, I didn't think he would win personally. Yeah. But I, I think it's a good story to tell with him, you know, coming back after nine years and then getting injured, you know, last year and then coming back from that, you know, uh, to, to try to recapture the title he technically never lost. So I, I, I get that whole uh, thing and I, I'm totally behind it. He's the only like older person in that match that I would have wanted to win. I wouldn't have wanted yeah. to see Randy Orton win again, obviously, because there's just no need nah. for that to happen. But otherwise, I, I was hoping Big E was going to win uh, the men's rumble. And obviously, Bianca Belair winning the women's run, rumble was great. I, 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 was either, oh, was great. I was either pushing for her or Rhea Ripley to win that because we definitely didn't need Charlotte Flair to win. So, or, no, or anything no, like that. Played out. Yeah. 
but yeah, for now, at least, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and she's got that whole thing. And we were ta- talking about this beforehand too, just the whole thing with her, her dad and everything, <laughs> um, interrupting her matches now. <laughs> it's just so good. I love it. It's so Ric Flair. I love it. <laughs> oh, it's, it's like the perfect role for him at this point in his, in his life and his, his I'm, career. I'm flipping jealous of Ric Flair. That's all I got to say. Right. <laughs> Lacey, Lacey Evans is a gorgeous woman. Yep. <laughs> Oh, not so that they're cool. really doing anything together. I'm just saying. I just uh, in that situation, I'd be definitely be jealous of Ric Flair. I'd be like, darn. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, overall, a really good pay per view, and and I mean, there's there's uh, some things I didn't really care for. Like, I didn't care for the Drew McIntyre Goldberg match. I thought that was a waste. I knew it would be a waste, and I knew it would be less than five minutes, which it was because yep. Goldberg Goldberg's not Goldberg anymore. No, he can't. He can't do it. I mean, it's just saying the dude's in his fifties. I'm not saying that people in their fifties can't do things. So I'm saying, but him, you can tell it takes a toll. Whenever he made the announcement, he was going to fight him at the the one Raw. He was just sweating, standing in the <laughs> ring. You see sweat <laughs> yep. pouring from his head, and I'm like, "You're going to wrestle this young." man who's the champion and you're i couldn't believe it you're sweating just standing there <laughs> yeah i mean his his it was just pouring and he was just standing all he did was walk down the ramp to the ring <laughs> i can understand lights being hot i mean i've worked in theater before i understand that but most lights are leds now i mean you, typically the lights aren't hot anymore so i mean yeah, yeah it's i'm just like this is this is a this is a waste. There's no point to this. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Why should Drew McIntyre care if Goldberg respects him or not as champion? Who gives a crap? I wouldn't care. Right. If I was in that situation, I'd be like, "Listen, old man, I don't care what you think." <laughs> then I would have claymored him right there in the middle of the ring. <laughs> right. Oh, I'd like challenge not accepted because I'll freaking snap you in two, man. <laughs> Which is technically what happened. I mean, and the match was just, what, four or five spears, a couple of claymores, one jackhammer, and then, bam, one, two, three, Goldberg loses. Less than five minutes. Yep, that's pretty much all it was. (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad it was the first match and got it out of the way, but still just a waste of time. It shouldn't have even been there. It shouldn't have been on the card. It was was just, oh, it's pointless. I hated it, and I knew I would. (laughs) So what about that women's match with... uh... Sasha Banks and Carmella, did you did you see that dive that Carmella took and look like she broke her fucking neck? Oh, dude, man, that was the first thing I thought to myself. I was like, she Carmella's dead. dead. She's dead. I was like, not, I was like, not my Carmella, because, you know, I love me Carmella. I love me some Carmella. Yeah. I love, you, I love, she's fabulous. I love it. And when I saw that, like it bent, like the way it bent, I was like, "What the heck?" Uh huh. And you could see, you could it. see, that, that hurt watching that. You could see Sasha, but like Sasha mumbling, "Are you okay? Are you okay?" Oh, oh gosh, because she did not move for like five to ten seconds. Like I thought, yeah, oh my she god, was... she's out. <laughs> yeah, but then she popped like, right back god. up. I'm like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. <laughs> you can't do that kind yeah. of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, that was messed up. That was I, scary. I <laughs> so scary. Oh, I man. thought she was seriously injured. Yeah. I thought so, too. I thought, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Seriously. It reminded me of one of those, like, Play-Doh stretchy things that you can bend. That's the way her neck looked. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. I couldn't believe it. I, couldn't, I was like, you got to be kidding me. I was like, did, did I just witness Carmilla just buying the farm here? No, not my Carmilla. 
thankfully <laughs> she's okay. Yeah, I mean, thankfully she was not hurt because that could have been very bad just from how it looked. Very, very I love, bad. I love when her, her entrance, when she's doing the dancing, the silhouette, Sean was watching at the same time before he filmed the episode with y'all, mm-hmm. and he sent me a message. He says, I love this new entrance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. I was like, of course you do, Sean. <laughs> You're a Carmella fan like me. <laughs> mm. Oh, that's so good. I hate it that she's with that R- Reginald, though. I just... I, I think know. the dude's funny. <laughs> I think that that's funny that he gets his ass whooped by the women. I just think that, it's great. That, that, that part's funny. I just, you know, it seems like they're always trying to, like, almost put her with somebody. I'm just like, let her just be her, you know? Yeah. I mean, she's great just being her. I mean, I, I guess, I, you know, if you're going to have a whipping boy, I mean, yeah. Reg, you can't do any worse than Reginald, I mean. I, I or do better than him because anybody else would have been pathetic. Uh-huh. But it's just funny with him, though. I do kind of like that she's got like kind of this manservant, though. I mean, it just yeah. kind of just plays into the character, <laughs> uh, I, I think. But I do love it that SmackDown this past Friday, Bianca just spanked his butt with her long hair. It was just, just great. Whipped him. She she just started <laughs> whipping him with it. <laughs> And you could see when Carmella was in the ring, Carmella had to fight back laughter because she started smiling. <laughs> she had to get that. back into character, but I saw it. It was old, it was right there, live TV. She's just she's like just trying not to laugh. It's great. <laughs> oh, so good. Oh man, yeah. So that 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 match was pretty good too. And then I didn't care for the women's tag team match because they had been doing those two teams way too much back and yeah. forth. So I'm I'm glad that was on the pre-show just because. It's it's that one's getting old. Um, mm-hmm. The Reigns Owens match I thought was pretty good. I thought that one was well that put was together. good. I was shocked because I mean Roman's been really good as a heel, especially with uh, Paul Heyman. Yep. And I, I just thought it was just going to be the same thing with Brock Lesnar. They're just not going to have Roman talk. It's just going to be Paul. No man. I mean Roman Reigns is an evil dude. He, I mean he is the the head of the table, and Paul Heyman like. His he's he's like afraid of of Roman Reigns. He's afraid of like upsetting him. And I'm loving this new. This is what they should have done years ago with yes. this guy. So trying to trying to make him the baby face of the company. No, no, people don't like him. He's he's not the Rock. He's not. You know, he, he, it's it wasn't going to work out. It never was from the beginning. And this is better. He's 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 better uh, doing promos. He's this is his element. Being a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Just keep him as keep him as a hill. And it, it'll make if Edge wins at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. then that'll even make it sweeter. Yeah. And honestly, I like you said this. This should have happened years ago, and this is the right character for him right now to be playing. And them trying to force down the whole babyface thing, telling jokes and and all that shit, it it didn't work. But Vince kept trying to push it. And yeah. if they would have just did this five years ago when they should have. Who knows where his character would be right now? Maybe he would be the top babyface like they want, you know? Yeah. And it would have translated, you know, over to that over time. But now they got to do it now because they didn't want to listen to the fan base beforehand. So mm-hmm. it's like Vince is so out of touch most of the time now. If if he would just listen to the fans and what they actually want, you know, he could have been making bank on this, I mean, yeah. with, with that character. Yeah. And especially with if if there were actual an actual audience right now, could you imagine the the hate that he would be getting right now? And oh just oh my goodness, it would be awesome. Just it like would be so good. 
yeah, the the booze would. I said boo, not not the not alcohol. <laughs> the heat, let me rephrase that. The heat he would be getting from the audience would be, just be out of this world. Yeah, it would be like next level heat. That yeah, and it would be so well worth it. And then once they finally start transitioning him in the proper way to be a, a baby face, yeah, it would it would totally skyrocket his career and how he is the face of the company. Cause I know that's where they're going with it ultimately. Mm-hmm. So, and this is the proper way to do it. <laughs> they just wasted it so much time. It's that's the problem. Yep. So, but yeah, his whole program with Kevin Owens has been amazing thus far. I mean, I've, I've, I've totally enjoyed it, even though obviously Kevin isn't going to win the title or anything like that, but which is no. sad because he's a great main event guy too. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, I, I understand wanting to keep the belt on Reigns, especially if he's going to drop it at Mania or something like that. So, so I, I, I totally get it. But yeah, but yeah, overall, very, very good pay per view, and uh, it's been refreshing, especially just with the pandemic and having to do the virtual audience and everything. It was a refreshing time to watch a WWE pay per view, just because I haven't watched one since WrestleMania last year when there was nothing. <laughs> I mean and and WrestleMania last year had some good things about it, but not having a crowd and having it in the fucking performance center just kind of ruined it. And I'm yeah. I'm glad they split it into two nights last year cuz that helped to make it an easier pill to swallow. And I kind of like that they're, they're doing two uh two nights this year as well just to kind of Get everything, get everything out there. Um, but I know that starting next year, they're supposed, supposed to be going back to just one night. So we'll see what, what, what really happens. Cause I don't mind the idea of a two night WrestleMania weekend kind of thing, but I, I don't want it to be like, uh, this is how it's going to be forever. Kind of thing. Yeah. Well, but next year they're going to be in my neck of the woods in Dallas. Yeah. I'm and I'm thinking about I'm, starting. I need to, to get to Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about putting aside money to to go next year because it'd be it would be fun to go down to yeah. Dallas for it. Get some tickets for my nephew and myself and yep. my dad. Maybe I mean, depend you know what seats we can get and how much money. <laughs> uh, it'll not, it'll probably be, out the wazoo. <laughs> yeah, it'll probably be nosebleed, but I mean, it's still an experience <laughs> for that because I remember I was in the uh, when for WrestleMania 33 at the uh, Citrus Bowl in Orlando, mm-hmm. I had a lower level tickets. And it was kind of, it wasn't center of the ring. It was off to the right. Um, yeah. And kind of almost behind one of the pillars that, that was holding up the, like the lighting and everything yeah. uh, for, for the ring and whatnot. Uh, so it was kind of there, but I could still see the ring clearly. Those were $800 for two tickets. Yeah, and that was aftermarket. So obviously, if I would have gotten it beforehand, it, it would have probably been a little bit cheaper. But yeah, because I got them like three months before the event, after they had already gone on sale, like two or three months before that, there was definitely some markup, which was fine. I mean, sometime I'd love to get like floor seats so I could get the commemorative chair, but those are fucking a thousand dollars a piece at minimum. So, and that's before they go aftermarket. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, WrestleMania is an experience. And like it, it, it was fun going to the, uh, 
um, the uh, their access event, even though you only get a four hour block to go. Um, it's a little spendy, but you get to get up close and personal with a lot of things, like a lot of ring use stuff or sets. I mean, they had a the elimination chamber set up when I went. Um, they had the old raw set with the the R A W letters from like the mid nineties. They yeah. had uh, the uh, the shark cage from uh, the whole Chris Jericho thing from a few years ago. So you got to go inside of that and take pictures with it. Um, they had an actual ring set up for NXT, so they were doing like uh, wrestling events throughout the the time that you were there for the four hour period and everything. And plus, they have the whole WrestleMania store and everything. So it's like basically WWE shop just with a huge store front. So you could just go in and buy gear and t-shirts and replica belts and all this other stuff. It's a great experience. Very easy to spend a lot of fucking money though. That is for sure. But it's, it's, it's definitely great. You think I get a picture of Lacey Evans or Carmella kissing me on both cheeks? I doubt it, but you could try. And then I can like, Send it to people I don't like and say, look, I'm a stud. You guys are losers. No, I'm just kidding. I do that. Oh, man, that's good. But, I could drink. <laughs> right? But, yeah, I mean, beyond that, you obviously have WrestleCon, which is always around um, wherever WrestleMania is. So they have everybody that's not obviously going to be at Access. So yeah. everybody from the industry. And it's a huge event. And, like, when I when I went to WrestleMania because I didn't want to drive to the stadium because I did not want to fucking deal with driving <laughs> with all that yeah. I uh, I didn't stay at the hotel where WrestleCon was but they do like a um like a shuttle to WrestleMania so I oh, paid cool. I paid a hundred bucks just to be on a freaking coach bus and drive to <laughs> WrestleMania to the stadium yep. <laughs> It was That's actually cool though, so you don't have to drive. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I guess drive to the hotel or whatever. But yep. So, so I'm waiting for tickets to finally go on sale because as soon as that was announced, I immediately was like looking up Google tickets to WrestleMania 38. <laughs> to see, they're like there are no not no events. I was like, darn, not even doing tickets yet. So during a normal year, obviously pandemic not included. Um, the WrestleMania tickets, I think go on sale in November. Oh, okay. So I would be looking maybe around that time, but sounds good. definitely doesn't hurt to check every once in a while though. Cause who knows with how, nah, yeah. so. know. but yeah, so overall WrestleMania, or not WrestleMania, but Royal Rumble is great. And I'm looking forward to WrestleMania this year. Cause having fans back in, in attendance, even if it's only going to be 25,000, I think is going to help uh, bring that whole atmosphere back. So, yeah, it's something the wrestlers can actually, uh, you know, react to. <laughs> yep. Agreed. I mean, that's a big part of the, that's a big part of the experience right there is just them reacting to the audience. That's the whole thing. Yeah. No, I agree 100%. But it's, it, it's going to be exciting to see what they do here. Uh, I'm excited just to see WrestleMania be WrestleMania again. So, um, yeah. and not at a performance center or in the Thunderdome because uh, it, it would have been great. I, if do, it, I do like the Thunderdome. At least yeah. it feels like a regular stadium for the most part. Right. Other than the giant TVs, other than the giant TV screens showing people's faces. <laughs> yeah. But I prefer that than the performance center because that was just, ugh. 
Well, I didn't mind the Performance Center once they actually started adding people in there, even if it was just NXT people, because at least it was people reacting, you know? I mean, and yeah, I kind of... For, for big events like Raw, SmackDown, and pay-per-views, it really needs to be in a big setting, and the Performance Center right. wasn't a big setting. No, and, and, and I totally agree, but for what they had to work with at the time, I mean, they should have... Well, hindsight twenty twenty. I mean, it, it helped just to have. Well, they didn't. They didn't have a choice. I mean, right. you know, it's it's not like it's their fault. I right? Mean, no, no. I'm down, I'm not saying that they are. It was just a mess. But right. But it would like I, I prefer a bigger, bigger stadium like that. Just the yeah. big feel of it. Yep. Agreed. I mean, because supposed to be the show of shows, and then you got in the small venue. <laughs> like, wait, what? Yeah, it was tough. It was, but, it was you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, it was what it what. What? How do you say it? <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. It was what it was. Thankfully, it's things going to be getting back to somewhat of a normality. Yeah. Hopefully sooner than later, but yeah. we'll see. With that being said, um, I do have just one piece of news to kind of talk about here before we get into talking about the Naked Gun series here. Um, so, uh, obviously, we know that this past year... Second Sight Films brought out the limited edition Dawn of the Dead set that was $99. So, uh, actually, next month, on March 22nd, they are releasing a standard edition version of that. So, that's going to only include the three 4K discs um, for the the movies, plus the the Blu-ray for the special features. So, same exact uh, four discs. From the limited edition, the only thing it's not going to have is the CDs for the um, the soundtracks and the two books. So that's really the only thing that's different, and it's coming at a price point of like forty three ninety nine, and it's up for pre order on Diabolic right now. So if yeah, you... I almost I almost pre ordered it myself, but then I just stopped myself because I was like, there are rumors, there there are trickling rumors that we're finally going to get our own set here in the U.S. Even okay. though four K is region free, but. I was right. like, I'll just, I'll just wait. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got, I've got the Anchor Bay Blu-ray, so I'm not in a, like a super rush. I mean, I've got DVDs of it, and you know, yep. it's not like I don't have the movie, right? But if you missed out on the limited edition and you wanted to get it, you still have the option of getting the standard edition starting uh, March 22nd, and you can pre-order it right now. So I just wanted to bring that up really quick because uh, I know that went really fast. I'm glad I was able to get it just because I really wanted that pretty bad. And the artwork on the on the box is pretty cool too. So, um, yeah, definitely pick that up if, you've been, if you were looking for that and are okay with just getting the standard edition without the books and the CDs. So with that being said, let's go ahead and talk about the Naked Gun series. So, starting off with The Naked Gun, that was released December 2nd, 1988, directed by David Zucker. The cast included Leslie Nielsen, George Kennedy, Priscilla Presley, O.J. Simpson, and Ricardo Montalban. Had a budget of about $12 million and grossed almost $79 million worldwide during its initial run. Just a little bit of trivia regarding the first movie. Uh, while Frank is impersonating an empire, the batter swings uh, back and hits Frank in the face. That joke was actually suggested by Mel Brooks to use in that movie, which I think is great because Mel Brooks is a comedic genius. And <laughs> for him to you know, give any kind of input uh, is always great. 
Um, now, Ricardo uh, Montalban was actually cast as the main antagonist, uh, Vincent Ludwig, because of his performance as Khan in The Wrath of Khan um, from 1982. So I, I thought that was interesting that he was cast be- because of that movie, um, which is great because he's a great actor, you know. And yes. then um, finally, the last piece of trivia I had for, for the first movie here is the terrorist organi- organization in the beginning that Frank attacks and beats up in the opening scene was a nod to Spectre, um, the terrorist organization from James Bond. And that, that just to kind of kick things off, that whole opening <laughs> scene is so funny, but it's so random. And it's like, it, it's just a fucking police officer, but it's so funny and so great. And just beats the shit out of everybody in that scene. It's so awesome. And just sets the tone for the whole movie. But, um, yeah, and then it, it just kind of goes from there. And I, the thing I love about this movie is definitely it doesn't take itself seriously because obviously it's a parody. And, you know, just kind of in the same vein as, as Airplane, it's just, it's just kind of one of those senseless, like, comedies you can just kind of just sit there, zone out, and not really need to worry about anything because you're just there to basically laugh. You know? What are your thoughts on the movie, Ted? It's, it's great. <laughs> just the jokes, the double entendres you have here. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, nice beaver. And she's like, oh, thank you. And she's one of the stuffed beaver. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> Jeez. That's fantastic. OJ Simpson being completely accident prone. Just <laughs> Oh, my God. That scene was so hilarious. When he Even gets at, the, at the end when he's in the wheelchair and he rolls down the stadium on the stairs. Ah! <laughs> Oh, it's fantastic! I mean, That's so good. You have the, the the full body condoms when <laughs> Oh my goodness! I remember the first time I saw that movie. It was on TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that scene came up. I was like a little kid. I was like, "What? What is this? <laughs> this is weird. Why are they in rubber?" <laughs> right. Not knowing what was going on, I mean, really. Yeah, it's like six or seven or something like that. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> that just confused me. As an adult, it's so flippin' hilarious. Right? <laughs> oh, man. And then the first movie is the classic. I mean. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And then I, 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 one thing I do love about the series is how they include Weird Al in every single uh, movie. <laughs> He's got some kind of cameo in each of the movies. I know the second one, he doesn't play himself, but the first and the third one, he plays himself. Um, I remember the second one, I think he gets hit in the face with the door or, or something like that when uh, <laughs> when Frank is coming in uh, to a room somewhere. But, yeah, that's – we can talk more about the second one here in, in a little bit. But, I mean, everything with this first movie. I won't be talking about it much. <laughs> I totally screwed up the schedule thinking we were doing nerds. It's <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll make this work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that whole ending with, with the with the first movie, uh, it is so great when they're at, at the baseball game with, with Queen Elizabeth and everything. And, like, <laughs> Leslie Nielsen, being the umpire, just frisking all the players on the field is just hilarious. <laughs> Like when like the the pitcher throws the first pitch and everybody's just completely silent, wait for him to make the call, and he's like strike. <laughs> the crowd just erupts. 
<laughs> and he just starts showboating after that every time. <laughs> Steer rank two. <laughs> He's so proud of himself. <laughs> starts doing the moonwalk and everything. Oh my god, it's so good. Other than that, I like. Uh, I thought um, Priscilla Presley was a great choice for kind of the love interest for Leslie Nielsen in this, and just how like. <laughs> Like that first scene with her when she falls down the stairs. Like I was watching it this weekend. I just fucking died laughing because I forgot all about that scene. <laughs> just trying to look all elegant and just fucking just trips and falls down the whole flight of stairs. So good. And walking into walls and stuff. It's it's oh my god. It's so funny. I mean, it's not like I don't think it's as good as Airplane by any means, but I no. I fucking love this movie. And it's, it's so good. And then like the other, the other scene with this movie that really sticks out to me is the, um, the chasing when the doctor's trying to kill Nordberg in the hospital (laughs) and, um, he obviously chases him out and, and the doctor steals a car and then, uh, Drebin stops, uh, a car to take, you know, have them start following the doctor and ends up being a fucking teen driver, just learning how to drive. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and she's just so like um start stop start stop start stop you know not really knowing how to drive and then <laughs> they try going down in the tunnel and then that semi comes up and the guy who's the in, driving instructor is just so calm and just like tell just step by step telling her how to put it in reverse and then stepping on the the accelerator to to back up and then instructing her on how to flip the guy off too, which was great. (laughs) And then, uh, you know, then she like just puts the pedal to the metal going back after the doctor and everything. And then the dude (laughs) crashes into a gas truck, then crashes into a fucking truck with a missile on it and flies into a fucking (laughs) fireworks store. I mean, that whole scene is just so bonkers and it's so good. And it's just, uh, it's stuff like that that I just love because, like, I love, like, stupid comedies like this. I, I think they're just so good. And I I just, like, I, I do love, like, smart comedies and stuff like that or stuff like Ghostbusters, you know, like the, that we talked about last week. But uh, there's just a, a lot of the time where I just need to, like, just unplug my brain basically and just laugh. And it's stuff <laughs> yeah. like this that, that makes it really, really um, easy to do that, so... <clears throat> definitely highly suggest especially the first naked gun if you haven't seen it because it's definitely well worth it um any any thoughts uh, from you on the first one here it's fantastic go see it if you have not seen it coming soon to a theater near you or not <laughs> well you don't know they've been showing older movies a lot that's lately that's true that they have been doing that a lot lately Next week they're showing My Bloody Valentine. Really? Valentine the original? I was thinking. I was thinking. Okay, if I go to Justin, Texas, and meet Lisa Wilcox, then I can go and see My Bloody Valentine. <laughs> huh? As a birthday gift to me. I should take a look and see if they're showing that around here because I would definitely go to the movies to see that because it's been a while since. Yeah, I watched yeah, that. the original. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to take a look and see after we finish this episode. Will you be my Valentine? Ah. <laughs> creepy ending. That ending always creeps me out, and he's just laughing until the abyss. Yeah, 
everybody else is on the other side and he just he cuts off his own arm and he just will you be my valentine mm. just like darn did he get caught we'll never know right <laughs> until john carpenter is like i'm gonna make a direct sequel <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh man he he's been in a sane asylum this entire time then he escapes because true crime people come to, to <laughs> yeah <laughs> All right, my dumb joke's over. All right, <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> All right, so um, that's the the first Naked Gun. So next we're going to talk about Naked Gun uh, two and a half, the Smell of Fear. That was released uh, June twenty eighth, nineteen ninety one. Directed again by David Zucker. Obviously, you have back Leslie Nielsen, George Kennedy, Priscilla Presley, and O.J. Simpson. This time joining them is Robert Goulet and Richard Griffiths. Um, this one had a budget, uh, it was a little bit more um, than the first movie, so you had about $23 million to the budget and grossed about $87 million worldwide. So as I uh, talked about a little bit um, when we were talking about the first movie, Weird Al has a, a brief role as a thug and he says, okay, pigs, say your prayers. And that that's when Frank slams the door open, knocking Yankovic's uh, character <laughs> to the floor. He said, So Yankovic uh, actually said that, scene took about 20 takes and by the time that they were done is his like leg was like black and blue and in the stunt coordinator actually asked uh, uh, at at that point if he wanted to wear some padding <laughs> just because of of what was happening and so i thought that was interesting it's it's always interesting to hear stuff like that about behind the scenes stuff like that and you know basically uh, uh, somebody normally doesn't do stunts doing a stunt like that so I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, so besides that, during the ghost parody scene, the footage of a train driving into a tunnel and fireworks exploding are the same as those used as in the implied sex scene in uh, Big Top Pee Wee. So they used the, <laughs> reused the same footage, basically. And then uh, the last piece of trivia was during the opening credit sequence where obviously the police car is kind of driving around in just weird situations. Um, uh, At the end, uh, Zsa Zsa Gabor is uh, slapping the police car. Um, This spoofs a 1989 incident where Gabor was actually arrested for slapping a police officer and driving with an expired license. So I thought that was pretty funny. (laughs) But um, uh, Well, Richard Griffiths, plays basically two different characters in this one. Um, Dr. Uh, Meinheimer and um, Earl Hacker, that, those were the names. Um, so you had him playing two characters in this. Uh, Robert Goulet was basically like a love interest for um, Jane in this. And that whole like dynamic with Frank and Jane throughout the series is so good. And uh, like I was saying, I, I think um, Priscilla Presley was like the right choice for this uh, this character and it, it just it, it plays so well over the three movies well the funny thing is uh with the second and third one i actually just watched these about a month ago and i'm just totally drawing a blank right now which doesn't help things you know <laughs> i just didn't have quite enough time to to watch these uh, all the movies i i definitely watched the yeah. first one actually at least you watched them within the time frame <laughs> Right, <laughs> the, fir- the first movie is because that's the big one. That's the one yep. that you know you watch over and over and over and over and over, mm-hmm. or you see on TV over, you know, and that that's like ingrained in your brain. The sequel's not so much, and it's been a long time. 
<laughs> well, and, and the thing with the sequels is they're not as good as the first one. Honestly. They're not. I mean, I, I, they, they get they get worse each time. I mean, I know usually people are like, well, that's what how sequels usually go. Yeah, but usually, you know, you don't really think about it if you're really enjoying it. But that's just how right. you know. And and the thing I think that kind of hinders it. I mean, yes, they are supposed to be slapstick, um, and definitely parody movies. But with like, especially three, three gets like really, really over the top, and it almost kind of detracts from it in a way. And because it's like a giant cartoon, essentially live action cartoon, pretty pretty much. And I, like one of the biggest things I think about is the. Um, the bed didn't uh, Jane get thrown out the window or something like that. If I remember something like that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just, it's just like, it just goes a little too over the top with three. I mean, two is almost kind of a mixture of like what made the first one so good, but then what really made like the third one, not good. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's just the quality just kind of slowly declines. Um, Cause like, I, I, I like the whole, the story with the second one because you had the whole energy program and whatnot because I, I i believe the the beginning of the movie starts with um drebin being honored at the white house and uh um, that where that gives the queen the heimlich but it looks like he's they're they're you know being intimate with each other <laughs> the way the way it comes off <laughs> i believe he's like come on there so. take it he's like take it Take it. He's like trying to do the Heimlich on her, but the way they, it just looks like they're just being highly inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah. That I, part I do remember. <laughs> yeah. And it, I think it was, uh, I think it was uh, Mrs. Bush, I think is who. Oh, it was Mrs. Bush, not the queen. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Cause, uh, yeah, it was uh, President Bush um, honoring was, him. Yep. Honoring him uh, for that. And they were talking about Dr. Meinheimer's uh, um, energy program and, and all that. And um, they kind of went from there. And then that's after that's when you find out um, uh, or not find out, but Frank reacquaints himself with Jane um, as he interviews her for an explosion that happened. And um, excuse me. And then you find out that Jane's boyfriend is Robert Goulet, basically. And (laughs) that whole thing (laughs) just happens. And obviously, Frank blows a chance to promptly make up with her and and all that. And you know, I'm I'm wondering with with the over the top stuff. I wonder if they felt like they had to compete with the Hot Shot movies that were coming out at the same time, because you had Hot Shots and then you had Hot Shots Part Due, which mm-hmm. Part Part Due was like so just out there, but it was great. I mean, you had Saddam Hussein having a lightsaber fight with um with Lloyd Bridges, <laughs> so just crazy stuff like that yeah so it makes me wonder if like they thought they had to go over the top to try and compete with that you know like full cartoony type stuff Mm -hmm. maybe i mean there was quite a few um like spoof movies coming around that time because you had obviously the hot shot hot shots movies but i mean you had a lot of like national lampoon movies coming out too i mean you had national lampoons loaded weapon one but those national lampoon movies really weren't like fully well received either like True. everybody loved hot shots and hot shots part do yeah i remember when part do came out people just wouldn't stop talking about it at, mm-hmm. you know it's like the funniest thing ever at the time oh yeah to most people. like those national lampoon movies like you you had like they, they were really on the downward 
slide there because you know you have like senior trip which i personally like senior trip but you know it's on the lower end of the national national lampoon movies. that's when it was really like bottom of the barrel or getting towards it um yeah, but so. i i was talking i was more referring to um loaded weapon one from the early 90s with uh samuel L. jackson and uh Emilio Emilio Estevez. Estevez. yeah I completely forgot about that movie too. Yeah, yeah, because that one was great, and I, I wanted to bring it up during the when we talked about Lethal Weapon in December because it was, I I actually saw that movie before I saw Lethal Weapon, and so, <laughs> um, because I I thought they were like you know obviously as a little kid you're thinking oh these are got to be the same the movies same thing, you yeah. know. And yeah, so I fucking loved Loaded Weapon One. It was I I I watched that so much as a kid. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was great. Um, Blondes have more guns. That's another spoof that came out. There's like a yep. gag in every scene of that movie. Yep. I have that on DVD. I remember that. But yeah. So yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty much becoming prevalent. But I still think like they were like oh, hot shots. We got to be like hot shots. Or we mm-hmm. got to compete with hot shots. Yeah. That's just that's just my take on it. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, I mean it's. Like two, like uh, two and a half, rather is is what it's called. <laughs> the smell of fear. It. I, I don't remember. It's not. It's not that I don't remember. It's just not a memorable movie, in in my opinion. You know. Yeah. It's because like not as quotable. No, and honestly, thirty three and a third. I remember a lot more from than I do part two or two and a half. Um, and but it's not necessarily for good reasons because I mean. Three is not a good movie, I don't think, in in, in my opinion. I, I I still laugh at it, and it's still fun to watch every once in a while. But it's like yeah. one that I'll watch like once every four or five years, and I'm like, okay, I don't need to watch this again for a long time, you know. <laughs> Whereas the first one, I, I could watch that probably almost every month didn't, if I wanted to. Didn't part three have the unfortunate, um. Just the, just just the bad luck to be released like two weeks or so before the whole OJ Simpson thing happened. Uh huh. I mean, it was, I mean, because yeah, I mean, it was because it was still in theaters when all that went down, like the Bronco chase and all that stuff, right? If I'm not mistaken. <laughs> it, it was if if it wasn't right before, it was it was a little bit before that. But yeah, I mean, it was right around the yeah. same time. It was the same year. I know that. I mean, it was '94. Yeah, same year. So, yeah, that yeah. was some bad publicity. <laughs> publicity. People are like, I don't want to watch OJ Simpson. I'll still watch OJ Simpson. I mean, yeah, but you know, I don't. I'm not going to be friends with the guy. <laughs> no, definitely not. But yeah, so it's it, it's it's hard because part two. Um, I'm just going to call it part two. I don't fucking care. It's just yeah. so it's just so not memorable. I mean, it it has a couple like memorable things about it with like the the two, um, the two characters played by Robert Griffiths. I, I thought that was great, and obviously, uh, Drebin and Jane's like relationship I thought was funny, and it's it's funny throughout all three movies. But beyond that, there's just nothing really memorable, um, yeah. really about it, like the first one. But now, if you look at part three. Now this one was released in uh, March eighteenth, nineteen ninety four, and so instead of uh, and the, I don't know if necessarily this kind of fed into it because it, it definitely felt a little bit different and it definitely felt more cartoony, 
But instead of David Zucker directing this one, it was directed by Peter Siegel. Um, I'm obviously you had Leslie Nielsen, Priscilla Presley, George Kennedy, and OJ Simpson back. I mean, you had Kathleen Freeman, who was great in like everything that she does. Fred Ward was was in it too, which he's great. Um, and then you had Anna Nicole Smith, who was you know like the hot thing at the time, you know, um, with her whole Playboy career and and all that. So um, <laughs> you should have just said Anna Nicole Smith. They have Anna Nicole Smith. <laughs> right. She's but, <not> great. <laughs> so this one had a budget of like $30 million and only grows $51 million. So at this point, you know, it's it's not making as much money, um, obviously, as, as the second one did. And it, it it's, it's a significant number less just based on, you know, they spent almost $7 million more and made – almost 30 million less or or something like that at the box office. So now just a little bit of trivia with the third one is uh, in the making of feature at it was revealed that real biker gangs were used um, to get the look of real prisoners for the prison fight scene. Um, It was unknown at the time, but there were four rival gangs in that scene. However, nothing, no incidents actually occurred, which was good to know. Um, yeah. but that's really interesting that they actually hired just real gang members to, or uh, to be a part of that scene, which is very, very interesting. Um, on the day of shooting of the 1970s flashback scene, which, uh, had that huge ass Afro and like with the <laughs> bell bottoms and everything. So, uh, George Kennedy actually came down with a pneumonia and he was so sick. He couldn't even walk. So if you watch that scene, you'll see him sitting in throughout that whole scene. And when um, Ed is supposed to be leaving, he just simply l- just leaned back out of the shot to create the illusion that he was getting up to leave <laughs> just because he was so sick that he could not, like, even stand up. What a trooper. Right? That scene is probably one of my favorites in, in the movie, though, is, is that flashback scene to the 70s. <laughs> they just look so ridiculous because they look so fucking old. Number one, and they're just trying to make themselves. They try to make the characters look young, and it. I just. I. That's one thing I do like about the movie. Is as for as terrible as the movie is, I like that they went that route just to like, you know, not even try to hide the fact that they're old <laughs> right now, but just tried to make them look younger with like wigs and stuff. I thought that was great. And then um, the final reminds me of uh, the Wet Hot American Summer stuff. Whenever. Uh... Mm-hmm. Whenever they made the the first day at camp, and of course everybody was fifteen years older, but they're still all playing teenagers. Yep, you can tell like like the Michael Showalter who plays Coop has like gained weight over the years, and they just don't hide <laughs> it. They even make a joke. They're like, "Yep, after this summer, we're all gonna feel fifteen years younger." Yep, <laughs> so, uh, so stupid, but it's funny. I, I love the I love what how American Summer. Yeah. <laughs> and then the the just the final piece of uh trivia I had for for this movie is the flashback scene from Frank and Jane's wedding was the real ending for um two and a half the smell of fear. Uh they didn't use it in on that movie but uh inserted it as a scene in this one. At the same time the scene featuring Frank, Jane and Frank Jr. uh getting to their house was the original ending for this movie, but the uh producers didn't th- think that the boy frank jr he didn't look funny enough so they decided to go with the hospital ending and use this ending in the middle of the movie so 
That was just a little trivia regarding that. So because the kid didn't look funny enough, they they decided that wasn't the good ending. So I mean, Poor kid. <laughs> right? Whatever that fucking means. So yeah. So this one kind of starts off. You have Frank retiring from police squad and is seeming to live a happy life with with Jane. Um, but under the surface, he's kind of just unfulfilled, <laughs> which is very obvious in the movie. And, um, like obviously Ed and Nor- Norbert come, uh, to visit and want help with an investigation. And so that kind of brings him to finally come out of retirement basically. And then, you know, he visits, visits the, uh, the clinic or was it a sperm bank? I think it was a sperm bank. If I'm remembering right, like I said, it's been a couple months since I've watched this one, but yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a sperm bank, and oh my god, this fucking movie! I swear to God, this is it's just so over the top with everything. Like I said, this movie I can watch every once in a, once every maybe few years, but at that point, I just that's all I can do, and. It's just it's it's just it it almost just gets to be too much, you know. And I, I like this one has the whole Academy Awards thing, which is, I thought that was great because they have the whole thing with uh, um, the lady from the Brady Bunch when her category comes up for the thing, they do the thing like they do in the opening credits for the Brady Bunch, where she's looking at the other squares basically, oh, and she's in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was a, a a funny little thing that they did there. Um, Honestly, with this movie, it's 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 not as it's obviously not as memorable. It's it's the third one in, in the series, and it it kind of just goes downhill from the first one. Um, I'm sorry, I'm starting to lose my voice. <laughs> it's it is what it is. I mean, it's 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 not a great movie. It, it it's got its moments though, with like the the sperm bank, which which is honestly hilarious, and Frank trying to be the the house husband, and that not really going well, and I think that was hilarious. I, but then it's got like the the super over the top moments that we were talking about. It's just it gets so a little too over the top at times, especially with this third one. But I don't know. It's not one I, I go back to often, you know. But I still have fun when I watch it. When I do watch it, it's just not often. Um, what do you think? Just from what you remember. I, I view two and three as the same as, as pretty much equals because mm-hmm. you can't there's no way you're going to top that first one that first movie is just great mm-hmm. i mean it's so quotable and so many great scenes i mean i, I mean if i had to rank them it, it would be one two and three and two and three just being equals because yeah there's just no way <laughs> i love over the top cartoony stuff i mean i i do but it really depends on the context of everything. And, you know, you got people falling down stairs. That's funny. And you got people being thrown through like multiple story windows. <laughs> you know, you're like, okay, um, that's a little over the top compared to what the show used to be. I mean, it's like the same criticism that people have for like Mary mm-hmm. with children, how the later years, it got really cartoony, which I love. Yeah. I love those later married children, like with no ma'am and all that stuff. And they're always falling off the roof and stuff. Uh, it's just always funny to me, but I mean, they're not falling out of skyscrapers. Though. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, there's, I mean, it is what it is like, whatever two and three are equal. One's the best. 
that's how I would leave it. Yeah, I I would I would go the same way. Uh, definitely the first one is the best. Um, two and three, very very close to each other, just in in quality and kind of memorability too. Just because that I don't think they're as great, um, but the first one is definitely great. But yeah, I mean, definitely first one I would probably. If if I were to like rate it, rate it, um, not even including the second and third one, I would probably rate it like four out of five. You know, just for for yeah. quality wise. I mean, it's it's a really really good movie. Um, but yeah, the two and three they're probably maybe two out of five. But yeah, definitely ranking them one, two, and then three ultimately. Yeah, that's that's all I really got to say about them. Um, but we would love to know what you guys think as well. You can always feel free to reach out to us through our social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all at CLS Podcast. Um, next week, uh, we'll be back for week three of our comedy series. We'll be looking at that point at Revenge of the Nerds and its sequels. Um, so that'll be good. Uh, I've got those already lined up to watch, actually, over the next few days because it's been a long time since I've watched Revenge of the Nerds. So, And I've... I remember loving the first two. Um, I, I don't remember much about the TV, made-for-TV movies, though. So those will be interesting to revisit. So I'm super pumped for that. Oh, you're in for a treat. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping so. But uh, are there any final words of wisdom as we leave? Um, watch Naked Gun. And if you want to, watch Naked Gun 2 and 3. Have a free will, darn it. Just do what you want to do. (laughs) Right. All right. Well, why are you looking to me for wisdom? Why are you always looking at me? Think for yourself, man. (laughs) Jesus. All right. Well, we will see you guys next week. This episode of the Crystal Lake Soldiers podcast is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Check us out at www.clspodcast.com or join in the conversation on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at CLS Podcast. Until next time, stay safe, campers.